The comedy business is a competitive one, and in the end, the final judge of whether a comedian is any good or not is the audience. But to get that audience is the trick. And for many comics, you have to start in competitions like the Wellington Raw Comedy Quest. There are heats, there are semi-finals and finals, and the top two finalists head out to Auckland to compete for the national title and a cash prize. So, who are the judges and what are they looking for? A regular one in Wellington is Rachel Rouge, veteran performer and creative director of the famous Menagerie Variety Show. And Rachel's our guest on the live track. Kira, Rachel, welcome. Kira, how are you? I am very well, thank you very much. How stressful, let's start with the Raw Comedy Quest. How stressful are the heats uh, in something like that event, do you think, from the performer's perspective, not the judge's perspective? <laughs> The performers that come from a wide range of different areas. Some have like performed maybe ten times. Some some of people it's like the absolute first time on stage doing stand up. So they're at different levels, but the the feeling in the green room is because everyone's kind of keeping a bit to themselves. Like it doesn't it doesn't feel stressful. Like it feels focused rather than stressful. <laughs> well, given as you say, some people at the very start of their careers as a judge. What are you looking for? We're all looking for slightly different things, but mostly we're looking for like the X factor, for originality, for stage presence, for craftsmanship. And one of the things that a lot of us are really looking at is the audience reaction. Yeah, because the audience is a beautiful gauge there. It's right in front of us. Does Are they getting a big laugh? Are they getting a titter? Are they going to get like a round of applause? And just like listening to those rhythms and the laugh breaks within the audience as well and just seeing how the comedian just interacts with the audience and, and how their flow is. I guess one of the hardest things perhaps is to find a unique voice. It's quite a crowded space now, which is great for yeah. stand-up comedy. But I guess that fresh, new kind of perspective or voice is always what's going to excite you as a judge. Oh, absolutely. And one of the great things about uh, the Royal Comedy Quest is that we get such a variety of entrants. So just this huge diversity of people. Because you'd think that if it's like new comedians, they're all going to be young. But no, we've got all ages, we've got all walks of life, and they come in and they bring all of their own ideas and views and their own observations. And you really get an insight into different people's thoughts on the world. Do you think you can tell instantly or pretty quickly if someone's got it? You mentioned that X factor, that wow factor. Is it fairly obvious really quickly, do you think? I don't think so. Not for me. Like, so sometimes I'll think, like, someone will come on stage and I'm like, nah, they don't, they don't got it. And then they'll just win over the audience. And, and I'm like, oh, no, actually, I was wrong. I misjudged them. So I don't, yeah, I think you need to watch the whole set and you need to really, you know, just see how it plays out and just, yeah, I think some judges might be able to, you know, spot it, but for me personally, I don't think I can spot it. I just need to I need to watch someone work and grow and change. Well, your first pick is someone who's definitely got it. <laughs> We've spoken to him too, Jerome Chandra Hassan. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what do you enjoy about about his set? So um, Jerome is the producer of the Wellington Raw Comedy Quest, and he was actually a winner, um, a Wellington finalist. Oh, a long time ago, 2004. His voice is definitely from the heart. He's, he's a nine-eye guy. Um, and so this set is from him at the Opera House this February. Oh, man, you are a lovely crowd. I mean, I love the menagerie. Beautiful show. And even the past seven years, you got to hand it to them. Every single time you show up, you know you're going to see some weird shit, man. <laughs> Straight up. The whole night. Hey, we've all been sitting there going, I don't know what this is, but it's good. But I, I still don't know what it is. <laughs> Imagine if you got this mixed up with a 660 concert. <laughs> but like some 20-year-old at the back of the opera house like, is that person in the nutty? <laughs> These boys have forgotten their roots. 
They have forgotten their family. They've forgotten their roots. I am, uh, I am from the hut. It's, it's a beautiful pastor, but I do love, I do love Wellington. I have to say my favorite thing in Wellington uh, would have to be um, watching American tourists get off at the top of the cable car <laughs> when they realize that's it. And the door open, and they step outside, and they look around, and they go, oh, is there another one to the top? <laughs> nah. <laughs> this is as far as we've thought this through. <laughs> well, what do we do now? You can walk back down. <laughs> or you can visit the Cable Car Museum. <laughs> or what's in the Cable Car Museum? Pretty much the same thing you were just on, but you see it from a different angle. <laughs> I love that museum. Good cable car museum, but my favorite, my favorite thing would have to be uh, to Papa. Fans of to Papa. What a beautiful, what a beautiful tonga, and uh, and that 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 komato of te Papa, the uh, the colossal squid. Yeah. Hey, such a sacred animal. Just I love watching, I love watching visitors when you tell them you must come to to Papa, you must see the beautiful colossal squid, and and they see it for the first time, and they go, oh, and you go, hey. <laughs> And like, oh, is that? And you go, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I love that squid. We are so proud of that squid. <laughs> We're so proud of the squid, that, this city. But you can tell there's no way. It's a New Zealander what's named it the Colossal Squid. <laughs> that is like an American name for a squid. Come see the Colossal Squid. I survived the Colossal Squid. And they'd be selling baseball caps and T-shirts and all sorts of carry-on. If it was a New Zealander what named that squid, oh, Pretty big squid. Jerome <laughs> <laughs> Tundra Hassan. Now, your background, Rachel, is mainly in burlesque. How did you get into that? Yeah, so um, it was back in about 2002. I was working as a body painter in a fetish club, and a burlesque troupe came in, and uh, when they left, I was pretty much with them. So um, that was in Edinburgh, Scotland, and so that's about, I've had a 20-year career in burlesque, and from burlesque, that sort of took me into cabaret shows and then uh, variety shows, and so I ended up producing my own variety show for the past seven years. Yes, a menagerie. That's uh, been a huge event. I'll come back to that. How do you train in, in burlesque? What is it? Is it a burlesque school? Is there a degree in burlesque? <laughs> <laughs> so when I started, because it was 2002, it was before YouTube existed. So there was no burlesque schools. There was no, yeah. So um, we just had to go back to the old original footage from the 1950s and, and 60s and look at those kind of footage and teach ourselves based on like the classic vintage styles. But now there are burlesque schools um, throughout the country and um, several teachers and also there's so much on YouTube so you can go down that big burlesque wormhole and, and see and there's a lot of comedy within burlesque so there's the classic burlesque that you might think of um, like Dita Von Tees and, and giant martini glasses and big feather fans but then there's this whole other world of neo-burlesque which involves a lot of humour um, one of the, the parts of burlesque one of those, those key factors in burlesque is a reveal in the classic burlesque that reveal is showing costuming that's more ornate and more beautiful every every layer but in the neo-burlesque often that, that reveal is a twist something you don't expect so there is always that, that little element of comedy that your mind's going one direction and then you get kind of the story turns onto a completely different path and it's that jump that makes it like what? 
Well, look, your next pick for us is a Canadian comedian, Laura Bruce. Why have you picked her? So Laura is actually a semi-finalist in this year's competition. So this track actually comes from when she was at the Heats, so only a couple of weeks ago. So the Heats are still running right now. And so we've got this the, the Heats happening, Heats... Six is happening on the 15th of July. And we've got the semi-finals in July and then the Wellington final in August. So she's going to be in the semi-finals. And so she recorded on her phone um, her heat. So you actually get to hear what it's actually like to go to one of the heats and just hear a new comedian trying new material and getting it in front of an audience for the first time. And as you say, it's on her phone, so this sounds a little bit rough, but here's Laura Bruce. I'm a mix of European cultures. My family is half Irish and half Italian. Which is hard. We love to talk with our hands. But we hate spilling our drink. I can't help it. It's genetic. Great thing about being Italian, tightly knit families. And I'm proud to say that in my family, only one divorce. Just one. Number of mysterious disappearances. <laughs> I suggest you laugh harder. We emigrated to New Zealand two years ago under the highly skilled migrant program. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> and New Zealand is unique. It's the only country I've lived where you have no central heating in your houses. <laughs> but the garage has wall-to-wall carpet. <laughs> you fellas entertain in there? Another canopy, George. <laughs> Another thing that's weird in New Zealand, the lingo. Coming from another English-speaking country, I didn't anticipate that some words would have a completely different meaning. Like, uh, tramping. Where I'm from, tramping is something we go to the next town to do. Hope word doesn't get bad. <laughs> Laura Bruce. Um, Rachel, we talked earlier about what, as a judge for the Royal Comedy Quest, you're looking for. What are some of the things that you're not looking for, you know, the kind of common mistakes that budding comedians might make? The first is, like, just the clangers, just the, the, the jokes that are not funny. Um, so... And that sometimes happens if a comedian punches down, like if they make if they make a joke and you you'll hear it in the audience because you'll hear the audience instead of laughing, you'll just hear them just do that awkward like uh-huh, like reaction. And yeah, so it it's it is a skill and um there's a lot of craftsmanship in comedy. I'm not a stand up comedian at all and I find it absolutely astounding when I see a really amazing stand up do their stuff on stage. But yeah, when um yeah, there's just some material won't land because as an, audiences don't find it funny. Do you think that audiences are less tolerant of even being comedians being too sweary? You know, because sometimes those swear words, you can tell that they're kind of filling space or they're they're trying to get a, a laugh from the audience. You know, a nervous comedian might might land on trying to be shocking or edgy or a bit sweary just to get them out of a hole. You would have seen that, I imagine. Yeah, um, I, th- I think it all depends on because 
audiences are fickle creatures as well. Like, I mean, some audiences, what what will be just absolutely awesome for one audience and they'll just love, the exact same material in front of a different audience just won't work at all. And you can't always, you know, work it out. So it depends on the audience. It depends on the situation. And, yeah, sometimes, you know, swears work really well and sometimes they don't. Your next, I guess, Russ, is um, Opiti Vaka, a comedian who spends his act teasing his audience. So this this is a comedian who's very confident yeah. with the audience. Yeah. So Opiti, he was the winner of the Wellington Raw Comedy Quest in 2019, and I saw him at that quest, and then I um, asked him if he'd be in my show, which is at the Menagerie. So again, this footage, this audio again is from the Menagerie, and so it's quite a different audience to what he's used to, and you might even be able to hear it in the audience, like where he starts veering into... Um, Different ideas and thoughts. You might even hear the audience like, oh, is, is it going to be okay? It's great to be here. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to be here. But I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I'm a bit disappointed. I am because as I look around, my dad hasn't shown up again. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm only a little bit disappointed because after 29 birthdays, you get used to it, right? <laughs> oh, oh nah, nah, nah. It's all good. It's all good. Don't feel too bad. It's actually a good thing because to be honest, I'm not that good at talking in front of strangers. Nah, I'm full of shit. My dad's actually here tonight. He's actually here. Uh, He usually can't come because he's always at work and I understand. I've got two daughters and I don't get to spend that much time with them because I'm always at work, right? Because I've got to go to work to buy them the things that they need in life, the necessities, like iPads. (laughs) I've got to buy them iPads. They're three and four. A subscription to Netflix so they can watch their cartoons. And because they watch so much iPad, now I've got to get a speech therapist. Because they can hardly talk, and when they do, they sound like Donald Duck. And the guy that sold me the iPad, he was a bit of a hustler. He even hit me with an upsell I couldn't refuse. Give them kinder surprises. And if they cry for anything else, I give them a hiding. Uh, I'm joking. It's a joke. Relax. I don't want anyone in here to call the cops on me. I don't hit them. I just flick them. But kids these days, they didn't know how lucky they are because when I was growing up, I didn't get those kind of gifts, you know? I remember one Christmas, I got every kid's dream. I got every kid's dream. I got a garden hose. (laughs) And I thought that was the worst prison ever till I looked over to my brother and he got the head thingy that the water pisses out of. (laughs) And we both thought that was the worst till we looked over to our sister and she got a mirror. That's Aupiti Vaka. This year's Wellington Raw Quest, what's the standard been like? Because it's raw, like it's 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 always new people. But I've actually been incredibly impressed with the standard this year. It's been amazing. Um, yeah, really impressed. And do you think over the years that you've been going, um, Rachel, that the the audiences are changing too? So we've got comedians, and maybe they're becoming a bit more professional, and there's training opportunities, all of these things. Uh, but what about the audiences? What are their expectations? I mean, we live in an era of, I'm going to say, political correctness. I mean, you know what I mean? You know, there's sensitivities around subjects that probably would have got a laugh even a few years ago and now just won't. Yeah, our our audiences are changing and comedians need to know that because the job of comedians to entertain is to make people laugh and, you know, some, some jokes that made people laugh five years ago won't make people laugh now. So comedians need to be aware of that and they're there to, to entertain and to make an audience laugh. And if you're saying things that aren't funny, then the audience is not going to laugh. 
Your final pick is definitely an original, Emma Wallum. We love her. We, we spoke yeah. to her, I think it was last year. Uh, she does her show in Dothraki and Klingon, and uh, we've, we've put that live track up on the webpage. So she truly is original, isn't she? And I guess that when the audience, I haven't seen her with an audience, yeah. I guess it gets pretty pretty good, does it? Oh, she's amazing. So she was the Wellington Royal Quest winner from 2017, and the reason why I wanted her track in is because she sings and she brings along an accordion, and so I just wanted to sort of show that we don't. it's not just stand-up with just a straight mic. You know, we do have different kinds of comics, and, and she represents very different. She's, um, yeah, she sings and she speaks different languages, and she still manages to make it funny. She certainly does. Rachel Rouge, thank you so much for coming along. Lovely to meet you. Nice to meet you too. And uh, one of the judges Judges of the Wellington Royal Comedy Quest, just to give you those details again. The final heat is on July 15th, semi-finals on the 22nd and 29th, and the final on August the 5th. We wish everybody involved the best of luck. And here is Emma Wollum. Three weeks ago I purchased a replica Star Trek, the next generation Dr. Beverly Crusher jumpsuit. <laughs> At great personal expense. <laughs> Three weeks ago I purchased a replica Star Trek The Next Generation Dr. Beverly Crusher jumpsuit as a workplace-related expense. (laughs) The astute among you may have noticed I've just rhymed expense with expense. So I am here to tell you my motto, the only one. All you've got to do is find your niche. 900 people waiting out there to unleash the talents only you, only you can appreciate. So no pressure. La 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 But wouldn't it be lovelier if I didn't just sing it to you in English, if I sang it to you in Dothraki? Yeah, so when you're translating things into Dothraki, and you can't translate them literally, you have to translate them figuratively or idiomatically. Basically, this is the answer to, what do you do with a master's in linguistics? And an accordion. So instead of saying, find your niche in Dothraki, we are going to say, find your vulnerability. Poetic, right? And instead of saying, no pressure, we're going to say, Dothralatchek, which means, ride well or be cool. What does that mean? Be cool, that's right, you're learning Dothraki, fantastic.